Welcome to the podcast. We do recover with Jared Miller, your host. And I'm Dr. Terry Sellers, your co-host. This is a podcast about recovery from addiction. We want to talk about what successful recovery can look like. Brought to you by High Desert Counseling, Rise Up Supplements, and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. We are starting off episode 113 by just throwing this out there. Today is going to be a controversial topic alert. We are going to talk about the magic mushroom bill known as SB 200 today. And I want to kick this thing off while Sellers is eating his Twizzlers next to me. You can hear the chomping effect. I'm not even here yet. (laughs) You can hear his his chewing effects throughout the the entirety of this podcast, I'm sure. Um, We will be talking about Bill SB 200, which is a bill that's in the Senate to legalize psilocybin for psychedelic therapy uses. Now, Doc's got some opinions on this. He wrote an article about it in the Desert News. He's also been on a radio show. We're going to get into all this good stuff. I want to start us off with a disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed on this episode do not directly affect this podcast sponsors. There we go. It's out of the way. This is entirely on me and Doc Sellers. So, um, because this is going to be a controversial topic on those ones, I figure I, I'll just start out with a disclaimer. Sellers, what do you think? That's fine. I don't think it's... Uh, I'm not super worried about it. Okay. Yeah, I'm for sure not representing anybody. Yeah. Well, just, just yourself. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm not... There's nobody behind this. There's just me. Beautiful. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's start it off. Episode and one. And, and it's opinion. Yeah. It's it not, is opinion. Some of the stuff we're going to say today is not factual. It's opinion-based. I would say the majority of it because yeah. we'll get into I'm excited to get into We're going to talk about some facts, but episode 113 is brought to us by High Desert Counseling. High Desert Counseling is a progressive substance abuse treatment facility with a practical approach. They offer day treatment, morning and evening IOP, continuation of care, and Prime for Life programs. Check out their website at highdesert.help or call them directly at 435 673 2899. Their facilities are located in St. George and Cedar City, Utah. We appreciate them sponsoring this podcast. Episode 113, part one, is also brought to us by Rise Up Supplements. Rise Up Supplements is a nootropic line aimed at optimizing brain function and supporting mental health. They have two powerful blends. Mindful Mood helps decrease anxiety and enhance mood, while Mind Shift helps increase focus and optimize brain function. Place your order today at riseupsups.com. That's R-I-S-E-U-P-S-U-P-S.com. At checkout, punch in podcast 20 to save yourself 20% off your entire order today. We appreciate them sponsoring this podcast. All right. So Dr. Sellers, the magic mushroom bill. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Well, buddy. let's start with new and goods. Yeah, you're right. New and yeah. goods. Don't don't get to, don't get ahead. You of yourself. got like a new segment we're, you're wanting to do here. I'm I'm gonna probably start a new segment here. We'll see. What's the new segment, Doc? So uh, we might call it Sellers Silly Seconds, and it will be less than a <laughs> it will be less than a minute. Less than a minute. Yeah. What I'm, is it going to contain? I want to talk about the goofiest uh, medical journal article that I read that week. And I do have one for this I, week. You sent it to me, and it, uh, yeah, he asked let's me, get it. I sent it to Jared, and he asked me not to mention that on the podcast, but I'm for sure going to talk about it. Of course. You, yeah. You're Doc Sellers. You do what you want. You ready? Yeah. Let's start it. Sell Giddy it up, cowboy. Seconds. Okay. Well, I read a journal, journal article this week. A yep. scientific study in rats and mice. And I'm not going to go through um, the details of how they did it. In future episodes, I may talk a little bit more about details, but um, this episode, I just want to mention basically the results. They took rats and mice, and they put them in cages. Half the rats and mice, they would uh, have water in their water bottle. The other half, they had, well, not half. So the water's a placebo. They randomized, I'm sure. Half drank water, half drank Pepsi or Coke. Okay. And they monitored a couple of different things, but one of the findings out of the study was that the rats that drank Pepsi or Coke had larger testicles than the rats that drank water <laughs> and had higher testosterone levels. Really? The so goofiest journal article I read this week <laughs> is that Coke and Pepsi might, and they did in the conclusions, they said this may have application in humans. So mind you, the study was not done in humans, 
but they wanted to extrapolate that to humans, saying that if you drink Pepsi or Coke, you may. I'm sh- I did not read if it was sponsored by Pepsi or Coke, by the way. <laughs> and there's uh, always a pusher behind it. Yeah, there's well, always sure. a pusher well, behind sure. it. It very well could have been Pepsi or Coke. Somebody's I'll have to pay, pay more attention to that in the future. But uh, <laughs> I, I will tell you this: it said nothing about Dr Pepper. So. So you're we immune can, from that? We can assume that my testicles are microscopic. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's all downhill from here, folks. Yep. Now that we got that out yeah. of the way, yeah, now, now Sellers Silly, Silly Seconds second. is officially over. Yeah. Because the new and goods, you're just terrible at them, Doc. I am. That's a, that's why I wanted to do this. It's like, <laughs> I, I've been talk, I was just talking to Jared before the podcast started, and it's like, we do the new and goods, and Jared always has something that's kind of cool and he's grateful for and all this stuff. And then Sean comes up with something a little wacky and goofy. And then, Oh, I have it right here on the screen. What do you I'm, got? I'm not sure if I should I should share it off, off air and we could talk about it next week, but it's from the uh, World Journal of Men's Health. Let's get it. Yeah. This is your new and good? Yeah. Well, no, but I, I was inspired by, by Terry's. Oh, boy. Here uh, we go. Terry's testicle okay. talk. <laughs> okay, Terry's I thought it was Seller's Silly Seconds. Now it's going to be called Terry's testicle talk. <laughs> oh, I apologize, listeners. It's all right. Uh, do, do you want to know? I'm yeah, sure. yeah. Let's yeah you might have heard, you might have heard about this since you know you're, you're a smart see. doctor stuff. Uh, let's see, seventy five. See, basically, they said that the um, average male length has increased. Oh, I saw that. You I did, did see, see that article. Yes, by what was it? How much was like it? an inch or two over the last ninety years? Or no, no, in the last no. like 20, 30 years. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I don't remember the details at all. But it's it's not a good thing though. So it has to do with like lifestyle and whatnot. So that's like the, the things that cause a uh, <clears throat> enhancement. Male enhancement. Are, are also the things that are uh, bad for your health and can cause you to die. Wow. So there was like a... Pepsi and Coke? I don't know if it was Pepsi and Coke, but... <laughs> We're going to have a lawsuit by Pepsi and what Coke we, at the end of this. No, Pepsi no. and Coke's getting great publicity. <laughs> no. There's thousands of guys after I said this article that just ran to the store to buy themselves a gallon of Pepsi. <laughs> You know what, guys? I'm gonna need some magic mushrooms after this. You know, this is just a little too. This is a little too. Twenty four percent over the last thirty years, says USA Today. Twenty four percent increase in length. And um, what they, yes, what are they measuring length? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. That may not be good news, says the title of the article. Wow. Okay. Is that top or bottom? It depends on who you're talking to, I guess. <laughs> so my new and good has nothing to do with the male reproductive system. <laughs> it has absolutely nothing to do with the male reproductive hey, system. Hey, Jared, yeah. what's new and good in your world? Man, my new and good is, uh, you know, I, I have my mother-in-law came down for my birthday. My mom came down for my birthday. Oh, my God. My wife planned. Like, like I feel like I've been on birthday, you know, belly button birthday, right? Not, right. not right. Uh, recovery birthday. Right. Um, for like a week, man. I just have, that's my new and good. A yeah. big gratitude for for Pam, you know, my mother in law, and for Judy, my mom, and and for my beautiful wife Mandy coming down and spending some much needed quality time. I'm I'm a busy guy, so I don't know that it was tons of quality time because I'm always doing something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just nice having them around. Yeah, yeah. Well, the fun. time was quality. You just didn't have a ton of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's been fun. Yeah. She's here. Cool. My mom's here in the studio today. So it's just been nice to have loved ones around. And then, like, also, I got invited to go on this dirt bike. I, I posted it on our Facebook yeah. uh, podcast page. That looked fun. By yeah, David. Um, by a couple dudes, and we just went out riding, and that was really fun last weekend. You know what I've come to realize? Yeah, I, I'm getting old, man. I turned 37, and like my body just doesn't respond in the same. I had to go to a massage therapist, I'm wearing, a chiropractor. I'm shoes I that remember have when 37. I was 37. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm right. wearing shoes that are 37, <laughs> and that's not it the be, size. It, that's the age. It beat me up, man. Right, riding around on that dirt bike. It well, it was a quad to be fair, but it it was rough. All right, getting old, but had fun. Oh yeah, I had bl- absolute. That's part of it, right? Is you don't realize in the moment because you're just having such a good time. Yeah. And these were people in the fellowship, and it was fun. Fellowshipping is like so important in recovery. Yeah. It's huge. So yeah, yeah it was a good time. Uh, Johan Hari says the opposite of addiction is connection. Yeah, I like that. There you go. I like it. Okay, let's talk about this. The, today's topic: the magic Wait, mushroom bill. Before we bill. move on to that, I want to say I knew it was your birthday, and then f- actually didn't say happy birthday. I think that's okay. No, it's not. You buy me dinner every single time you come down here. I'm going to buy you dinner tonight. (laughs) I'll let let it slide, Doc. No worries, buddy. Um, I I saw it was your birthday, and I'm like, I just got busy and and blanked on it. So it's okay. Happy birthday. Yeah, thank you. 
appreciate that. Are we ready? Do we want to jump into the magic no, question? Hey, we got a lot of stuff to cover today, and talks in the t- the time's ticking. Okay, go. Okay, SB two hundred is a bill. Mm. Oh, here, let me read the title. Jared's going to introduce opinion. This, this is Desert News. The author is Terry Sellers, sitting in studio today. What opinion? A doctor's take on Utah's proposed bill on legalizing medical mushrooms, medical magic mushrooms. It's talking about psilocybin. Right. I hate that we like draw this. We put it in this magic mushroom, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, because for me, that makes it seem like hippy dippy when I think the point of this is some therapeutic use. So and it's okay, Right. It's just kind of play on words. I think you just hit one of my objections, though, too. Because what? Hold on. Pause. I'm sorry. Let's establish a baseline. Psilocybin is a hallucinogenic psychoactive substance Correct. that is a controlled one level federally scheduled one controlled substance yep meaning no medical use well it means it's, according to the fda it means a it's addictive and b it has no known medical use right okay right. so we've established that now, baseline that's now what we're that, talking about that designation happened a very very long time ago oh yeah so, back in the 1970s yeah. before around 1970 yeah when when they first came up with uh shortly after they first came up with this whole schedule things that the FDA does for addictive medica- medications well it started back when things. Nixon Nixon did the war on drugs right right and they right. started scheduling so, and so essentially every drug that is considered abusable and doesn't have any known medical uses is a schedule one and cannabis is a schedule one. Well, they all fall into one of five categories, right? There's five categories yeah. and that's based on uh, schedule one has to be highly addictive or at least has to be addictive. It doesn't have to be highly addictive. That's not true. And, and no known medical, no, use. no medical schedule use. two through five do all of those do have medical uses, but they, but they are addictive, but they right, have medical right. uses. Yep. And, uh, the, the lower the number, obviously, the more addictive or the more dangerous one of those two things. Right. So like a five are. is less addictive and Schedule less dangerous, five is not more medical than two. Med. Right. Right. Okay. So there's our baseline. Right. Now let's let's backtrack a little bit. So all street, said, all street drugs are Schedule One. Right. Yeah. So heroin, right, cocaine, all of that's going to be Schedule One. Right. Which which psilocybin falls as of right now today according to the fda falls in that same category correct so so the utah basically this bill is to pass to be able to use it for medical purposes in a controlled scheduled environment correct which brings me to your first objection concept of the bill for sure i don't want to read this article because you wrote it but but basically you're you're an antagonist against it right you're on i am against the bill okay Let's get, true the, story. let's get and, the deets. And we can, and, and we can, um, I'm happy to like tell you why I'm against it, A, and also talk about other viewpoints because yeah, there absolutely. for sure are other viewpoints, right? I love it. And in fact, I think one of the things I want to do towards the end of this is to read a few of the comments after the article. They were I, ridiculous. I took a lot of flack. They were mean too. Some of them was, personally attacked yeah, you. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's really kind of stupid. But we'll get to um, them. But I think we ought to read a few of them because some of them actually have some points. Some of them were just straight personal attacks. Right. So let's get why you're opposed to it. I I re- refer to the hippy dippy. I'm gonna use air quotes. Hippy dippy magic mushroom. I didn't like that. I wish they just would have said psilocybin. Right. So so that that's a that's the first point that I want to talk about for sure is. Magic mushrooms is a street term. Right. Um, they do, don't do anything that's magical. Everything they do has a reason, and we know why it has that reason in the brain. There's no magic happening here. Um, and, and that is a slight objection to just the name, because people are going to look at that and say, oh, magic mushrooms, man, I want some magic in my life. Yeah, you do. I do, too. It invites a certain amount of curiosity that yeah. maybe if they're not struggling with some of the PTSD and depression and OCD and some of the things that they say, it right. could potentially help. Yep. It undermines it, I feel like. Right. It disrespects it, Right. I believe. So psilocybin is the substance. Only mushrooms that have psilocybin as one of its ingredients are considered, quote, magic mushrooms. There's plenty of mushrooms that don't have psilocybin in it. Most of the normal mushrooms that you and I eat... We're probably going to go to dinner tonight. We're probably going to have some mushrooms, shiitake, on mushrooms, sure. and so you know those non-psychoactive. They don't have psilocybin in them, right? But they are. These are things found in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, they they're they've been used for a very long time. Uh, in the history of psilocybin started in the U.S. Kind of started when there was a 
Uh, gentleman, I don't think he was a physician, but he went on vacation to Mexico and he ran across a few local tribes that were using these mushrooms in some of their ceremonies. Religious and, ceremonies. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And he tried some and it gave him an experience that he enjoyed and he brought some samples home and he knew a chemist. And so he sent them to this chemist and that chemist actually isolated the psilocybin and decided that was the ingredient that gave the experience that he had. Yeah. That was back in the, I, I believe, 1957 when that happened. So that's how that started in this country. Um, now, I, uh, and again, my, uh, I, I just kind of object to the name Magic Mushrooms because uh, it just doesn't sound like a name for a, a medicine to me. Right. Absolutely. Right? Now, here's the thing I find interesting is just like, you know, some of the other alternative medications, ketamine, it, what I believe the bill is doing, and I think maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, the reason why you have a stance against it is they're putting a vote in front of an FDA approval. Right. Is that what rubs you the wrong way? Like typically you have to go through some type of structured screening, organized process to be able to get an approval for a medication to be used for a medical or therapeutic purpose. Correct. That's Correct. A, that's definitely a small part of the objection. And so you say FDA approval process and people cringe because the FDA is is a cumbersome, large, big government oh, yeah. sort of a lot thing of red tape. that are not always our friends. Like, let's be honest, there's probably been some things in the FDA that have been not on the up and up all the time. Sure. Right? And big pharma... FDA may be in the pockets of big pharma. That's possible. I don't know that for a fact, but I, I for sure don't know that they aren't either. Sure. Um, I know of some sh weird dealings in the FDA for sure. And, and so, yeah, okay. The FDA has problems, but the other thing is the FDA also supplies the United States with the safest drug supply of any country on the planet. Right, highly scheduled, now, they, highly controlled. They 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 they're slow, <laughs> they're big, they're cumbersome, expensive, they're expensive as yep. all get out. Um, I read an article once that said that if you're developing a new medication and you ha want to go through the FDA approval process, that average cost is two point six billion dollars to present to do the studies present that to the FDA and then get the FDA approval to use your medicine. So $2.6 billion dollars to do billion. that. Right? Yeah. Now, here's an objection that the other side is going to have. Okay. Who's going to pay the $2.6 billion for magic mushrooms? Because the $2.6 billion, if I develop a brand new medicine for diabetes... Once the FDA gives me approval, they also give me a seven-year patent on that medication. No generic companies can make that medication for seven years. I now have seven years to sell my medication to and recoup, recoup my $2.6 billion that right. I spent to try to get it approved. And no one can compete with me during that seven years. That's why medicines, when they're first approved, are extremely expensive because the company's got to recoup that in two point six that two point six billion dollars in seven years, and there's nobody out there that will put up that two point six billion for magic mushrooms. Well, yeah, they grow in nature, right? Right. You you can grow them in your house, right? And there are people that grow them in their houses. So there's with, no question with that about being that. said, back to your objection, do you feel like in some instances it's bad that we're putting votes? Like, again, this was your stance. I remember when we talked about medical marijuana. We did right. an episode on medical marijuana. Right. And this was, it was the same thing. We talked about some of the exact same storyline that we're talking about right now, the same narrative. Is it appropriate then, or in any, in your opinion, is it ever a good thing for us to maybe as people take a vote and say, hey, this is something that we're interested in. Nobody's going to put the money up for it. Let's try and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, you could make a you could. There's a case for that. There's no okay. question about it. But what that does is it bypasses experts, right? It leaves. So again, the FDA is big and cumbersome, but they do know what they're doing. They are staffed by experts in the field of medicine, um, and the people doing the studies are experts in the field of medicine. And so now what we've done is, in this particular bill, SB 200, a company or a lobbying organization, and in this case it has a name, and I'm not necessarily going to name the organization that sponsored the bill, but 
the an organization went to a certain state senator, the senator who actually sponsored the bill, whose name is on the bill. Escamilia. Luz Escamilia. Yeah. Yep. And um, she and they went to her and they got her to propose this bill. There's the the organization that was behind it is not staffed by medical experts. Luz Escamilia is not a medical expert. She's a Senate. She's senator. a state senator. Right. Now, we do have state senators that are physicians, but yeah. um, but I don't think we have a state senator that's that's board certified in the field of addictive medicine, of addictive medications. Uh, so I would say that, frankly, and this is this is maybe braggadocious, but I'm more of an expert <laughs> on mush- mushrooms than any state senator in the state of Utah. Fair enough. Right? And then... So, 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 and just to give reference to our listeners, if you're interested in this and want to read up on it, um, Ben Winslow on January 27th of this year, 2023 for Fox 13 wrote an article where he interviewed Senator Escamilla along with some other people. And basically what they're trying to do is they're trying to get it through the Utah patient coalition to, to basically decide on whether or not the Utah. Okay. Let me slow down. Utah patient coalition hasn't taken a side as of right now because they're wanting to kind of see how the bill, the verbiage in the bill goes, right? They're wanting to see what it looks like. I think one of the big things that a lot of people are afraid of when they hear about this is how the message, and you talked about the message that it sends to people um, about like, hey, this is okay, or we're accepting this. Yeah, this is fine. It's a medicine. And I get, I can get that context for sure. I can get that context. The thing that I guess if I'm playing devil's advocate for, and just for the listeners, I'm neutral on this. I am as of right this second, not for or against. I am curious. That's a good place to be. Just curious because I could see the other side of it as people are going to get it right. Like if if somebody's wanting to do psilocybin, they're going to get it, whether it's through an appropriate source or not through an appropriate source. Agree. Oh, we agree on that. Right. But, but that is an argument that the opposite side is using as people are already using this. Okay. No, there's very few people out there using this for PTSD and, and, uh, re- right. And but depression. We're talking, so the people currently okay. using it are using it to get high. Right. Period. So, and that brings me to a and when great I say period. I don't mean period. Maybe there's some people out there using it for depression. Most people using it are for the rec- recreational properties. Right. Or for a spiritual ceremony type, oh, oh, type sure. stuff. Some, I'll give you there that. are some sure. shamans and some things out there that yep. people go around. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so, but let's talk about this. There's a difference between substance use and substance abuse, right? And for the listener of this podcast, in other words, one of the things I wrote down is, are substance use disorder clients a good candidate for this therapy? And I think that we could talk on that for 50 minutes in and of itself. Oh, for sure we could. But I think considering the patient... Right. If it's just Joe down, that you're buying it from down the street, you're not going to get probably the quality of an experience. You don't know what you're getting. Right. It's not, you know, in other words, like it, it's not legal. It's not monitored. It's not highly regu- regulated. It's basically ju- you're just getting it from a sketchy source and hoping that you have some experience that helps. Okay. Um let, let's let's explore that. We only have about a minute and a half left in this segment. We can jump back in. But let's yeah. explore that for just a second. Okay. The, what the bill wants to do is to treat this exactly like medical marijuana was treated, okay? In so, fact, the same people that were behind the medical marijuana oh, for sure. are pushing for this For sure. This, the organization pushing this was strongly behind um, medical legalizing marijuana. medical cannabis, yeah. right? Well, okay. So now they're using the word medical to make it sound much more legit even though it's not been approved like any other medication in the history of medications, right? Mm-hmm. But th- what they're trying to do is to do this sort of same process that they did with medical marijuana, which is an uh, for sure an end run around the FDA, right? And so we're going to give it legitimacy by calling it a medication, but you're talking about you could buy it from the street dealer who knows nothing about mushrooms, or you could take it through this process. Where do you get your medical marijuana? Who gives it to you? Through a dispensary. Uh, what's that guy called? A bud handler. A bud tender. A bud tender. Right. You know what a bud tender's qualifications are? Uh, you got to know the different strains of marijuana. Probably GED, literally. Okay. And I'm not making fun of people necessarily. Almost no medical background right. at all. Right. So you're like have, the, you have people that have no medical background that you're 
dispensing right. what you're calling a medication. This is not making this really a medication, even though they're trying to call it that. I do think that this would be different, though, because at some of the research that I did, it sounds like it's going to be more like a like the ketamine clinics that have been popping up. Yeah, let's. We let's got a lot to talk right about, there. Doc. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. Do, we could do more segments on this for sure. All right, it's been fun so far in episode 113. We're going to jump right back into it right after this little sponsorship mention from High Desert Counseling. You are listening to We Do Recover with Jared Miller and co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. We'll be right back after this short break with more of We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Brought to you by High Desert Counseling, Rice of Supplements, and the Hilton Garden Inn. High Desert Counseling is an adult outpatient substance abuse treatment facility. We offer multiple services, including day treatment, morning and evening intensive outpatient services, continuing care, and Prime for Life. What makes us different is our emphasis on gathering all of the information before enrollment. We do this by offering a thorough evaluation by a credentialed professional. Once we have committed to you and you have committed to us, don't worry, insurance will not dictate your treatment. Lastly, the pretzel effect. We are a brief intervention where we connect our clients to community, mental health, and medical professionals to help maintain recovery for life after treatment. At High Desert Counseling, we strive to be the bridge from active addiction to recovery, community, and connection. We welcome you back to We Do Recover with Jared Miller, co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. Brought to you by High Desert Counseling, Rise Up Supplements, and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. And now with part two of our podcast, Jared Miller and Dr. Terry Sellers. All right, welcome back. Part two of the uh, 113th episode of We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Today we're talking about magic mushrooms, but before we kick that discussion back into high gear, um, I want to talk about uh, our friends at the Hilton Garden Inn. Ta-da. Oh, he's sunny and bright at the Hilton Garden Inn. Yes. Sean's got that one down, yeah. Doc. Yeah, Sean's, Sean's going to do our sponsorship mentions. He's always had a... He, Sean's got that radio voice anyway. Oh, yeah. right? My voice is not a very good radio voice. Hey, Yours is better than they mine. They got a hot tub there? Sure. They do. Nope. It's what? great in the rain. We sat there. We, sat we have a funny together. story what? about sitting in the hot tub in the rain, and people thought we were crazy. It stopped there. I don't want to hear it. Uh, red oh, 90s. Well. Scaring me, man. Red nightgowns and hot tub in the rain. (laughs) It's getting weird in here, especially after Doc's silly seconds segment in the part one. My silly, I'm going to call it the silly Sibin seconds. Can we talk about the Hilton Garden for a second? Yes, They're great to us. Uh, Clean, wonderful amenities. The staff is super friendly. Uh, Good food. Hot tub, pool, all that stuff. And the rooms are great and and spacious. Like, they're bigger hotel rooms than, than... you know, the newer hotels are making rooms smaller and smaller. These guys, for sure, have larger rooms. You can and, lounge and unwind. Yeah. yeah, you got some room. You know what I want to say about our sponsorships, whether it's, uh, you know, the High Desert Counseling, whether it's Rise Up Supplements, whether it's the Hilton Garden Inn, like, let them know that you heard on this podcast. Yeah, for sure. That helps us a little bit. Yeah, you know, it's just always nice. Like, like I heard earlier this week from High Desert Counseling, like, hey, somebody reached out that heard your podcast. Like, sweet. that's great. I love that, right? Yeah, sweet. We're, we're, re- we're reaching people. Yeah. I like that. Well, give them some, give them a shot at your business because it's a great place to stay if you're traveling through Southern Utah. So, I love it. Yep. Thank you, Hilton Garden Inn. Thank you to our really dear friend. Uh oh, I'm just blanked on Stefania. Stefania. She's such a sweetheart. She's so good. She so, helps us. I told her last week that we mentioned her on the podcast. She did was you? all excited. Yeah. Cool. Cool. <laughs> it's just not the same when I call the schedule without her. Like she's got it down. Like yeah, less than sure. five minutes, I'm on the phone. She's just well, so efficient. Right. And she's also really friendly. She's yes. always just yes. smiling and happy. All right, let's get back into it because we just left off on, we were talking about uh, the, the the comment you made right before we went to the break was something about how they're treating it a little bit more like the ketamine clinics that are popping up around. Right. For sure, I have been reading really uh, recently a whole bunch of articles complaining about the fact that the sudden upswing in the the rise in the number of ketamine clinics has far outpaced the science on that topic. Do you know who we have coming on next week? I uh, don't. Dr. Evans. Oh, from there where? We go. Desert Sands Ketamine. Yeah. Let's <laughs> You know what though? Let's I, get I, it. I, well, I, you know that I have used ketamine not personally, but I have utilized ketamine in my practice with some patients with PTSD and treatment resistant depression and often with really good results. Yeah. And so my, my, um, now 
Sorry, I had two thoughts going at the same time. I didn't, I couldn't decide which one to spit out first. Um, but uh, my experience with ketamine has been, uh, with patients, has been overall very positive. Yeah, uh, I've had a lot of really good success, and um, and so I'm I'm not against it necessarily for that reason because I think the results in psilocybin are going to turn out to be somewhat similar to what we get out of ketamine. Yeah, they're both hallucinogens. They're both in the same category. They both probably work by similar mechanisms. And so yeah, I don't. I'm not for sure. My objection to the bill doesn't have anything to do with the fact that I think psilocybin won't work. I don't. I think it probably will have some use. Uh, I think it's going to have more limited use than the people backing the bill think. Now, here's an interesting thing: is let's let's get back on that topic a little bit. Um, I went up to the Capitol building on last Thursday to lobby against this particular bill. Mm-hmm. It also happened to be the day that they had the rally for recovery at the at the Utah State Capitol. Way cool. And so, tons of my friends were there. Like I knew a ton of people there, yeah. but. Um, the the Senate is in session right now, and so uh, they would take breaks, and I, we would talk to senators between the sessions, and I would just tell them my objections to the bill and all that stuff. Uh, so I got to view sort of the process of how this is going to be Unfolding. made. Yeah, how yeah. this is how they do this, and and you know the truth is the um, the governor has already spoken on this and said he doesn't back it. It actually has been to committee for a vote already. Now it mm. wasn't; it hadn't gone to the vote by the time I wrote the opinion piece, but it has gone to a vote now, and they've tabled it, which means essentially they've tabled it, which means it's not going to be voted on this year. I see. So it's not going to pass this year. Now it would be the first of its kind it, in they Utah. Didn't throw it out. There's no other states that do this. There's no other states that have given this special permission for psilocybin to be used in these in these ways. No, but there are states that are uh, that allow it legally for recreational use. Oregon right. and Colorado but We're talking for about example. two separate things there, doc, right? Well, we might be, are we? We are. The I question think we is are. are we? Because if we're talking about medicine, that's this is my whole obje- the gist of my objection is okay. if we're talking about medicine, let's treat it like a medicine. Right. It's not being treated that way. It's being treated more like the medical cannabis. And I can tell you the results of the medical cannabis bill in Utah in my practice. And again, I get my viewpoints are slanted because all I'm seeing are addicts, people that have had troubles with substances. Certain population. Right. And I say addicts and people cringe. To me, that is not the term is not derogatory at all. I am one. Right. Right. I'm fairly proud of the fact that I'm clean today. Uh, and I don't think calling someone now, there are people in this industry that think saying the word addict is demeaning and, uh, I understand their, their viewpoints and I don't think they're wrong, but to me, it's not meant demeaning at all. Cause I am one. And, uh, I just think it defines what people have, how people interact with substances in their mm-hmm. life. It's not a demeaning term, but, um, but I've, so I'm seeing addicts coming to me for treatment right. that have now been prescribed medical marijuana for, a thousand things it absolutely does not work for. Yeah. It's being prescribed for all kinds of things that there's very little or no evidence in the literature that it works for. Does it work for some things? You bet it does. You bet it does. I mean, if you want to call it medical, it helps glaucoma. There's no question. It may help muscle spasticity and multiple sclerosis and other muscle conditions like uh, muscular dystrophy. Um, It may help seizures. Like... These things are legitimate medical things, right? But that's not why people are using their green cards. They're using it to help them sleep or relax or like that's recreational use. Sure. It really is. It's not. So they've got a medical green card and they're using that medicine recreationally. I also this think is that my fear something... with what's going to happen with okay. psilocybin. I think that there's something to be said when it comes to the population that you work with specifically. Here's, here's my opinion on it. My point in being a substance abuse counselor is this. The sequential treatment process tells us that we have to address the thing that's going to kill them first. So oftentimes you have co-occurring disorders. Somebody comes to me and they have an opiate use disorder or an amphetamine type use disorder or an alcohol use disorder, right? Mild, moderate, or severe. And then oftentimes it's co-occurring with GAD, general anxiety disorder, or trauma. Almost major always, depression almost disorder, PTSD, trauma. right? Right. So you kind of, in one way, have to have to put the 
anxiety, depression, PTSD, a little bit on the back burner and sure. you've got to teach them coping skills to stop self-medicating long enough to be able to, addr to address those. Now here's, here's one thing that I feel like in science or I'm sorry, in the medical industry, they're really good at treating biomedical conditions, sure, heart conditions, legitimate, organ conditions. Legitimate criticism is where you're headed here. When it comes to the mind, we don't have a lot of, and again, I've already said this, I'm doing this as kind of a banter to you because I know sure. that you're on one side of the fence and so I'm just trying to be devil's advocate here. I'm curious. I really am. I'm not for or against it, but let's pretend I'm for it. We do not have really good medicines for PTSD. We do not have really good medicines for some of some of those deep rooted disorders. So I guess from my point of view, if I'm going to argue for it, it would be, it is in a controlled environment. It's done a legal way. I don't know if they can take it home from what I understand no. from the reading. No. It has to be dosed in a clinic. Right. right. And it really, From the bill. The bill's not proposing home use at all. Right. And the thing that I found interesting is I did kind of a deep dive. And did you know back pre-1970s, there was a place out in uh, Maryland, Spring Grove Psychiatric Research, that was using psilocybin, right? Specific doses of psilocybin to help people who were having... Um, like major depression. Uh, another one where they've, they've actually in, and then of course Nixon came along and, and did the war on drugs and banned it. So it went away. But then in 1997, uh, Dr. Roland Gri Griffiths, who's a psycho. Um, I know Roland. Yeah. I'm kidding. I don't know. Oh, you don't? No, I don't. He's a psychopharmacologist psychopharm at Johns Hopkins hospital started again doing the, using psilocybin with cancer patients that had like a real fear of death. Okay. And existential therapy tells us that's a big part of why people have anxiety and depression sure. and right. Sure. So like you can't argue there, there is some studies that have been going on out there. There just isn't enough of it yet. I don't feel like. The, okay. So thanks for bringing that up because you're, you're, I think you're making an assumption that may not be true. First of all, you said you're neither for nor against it, but I am against, well, I'm not against psilocybin. I'm not against the fact that it might have some medicinal use. I have fairly enthusiastically embraced ketamine in use in my patients. But ketamine, I, I'll tell you, I get tons of requests for ketamine. I'm pretty selective in who gets it. It's right. not It's not the person who comes in off the street with a bunch of substance use disorders and no trauma Right and, again, and we no have depression. To that guy doesn't get to come in and say, "Hey, doc, I need ketamine." Well, he gets to come in and say it, but he's not going to get ketamine from me. And I think that that's where bringing. Sorry, You're just right. real quick to correlate what I'm saying is, and what I said previously is, is we really have to address getting them off of the mind altering substances before we try to introduce a mind altering substance to help them with a disorder. Right? Like we have to. There's got to be a certain amount of time in there where they've had a separation, a gap, and then if we do use a psilocybin, a ketamine, some type of medic alternative medication for these disorders, right? Like it has to be in a highly controlled. Okay. Not just go to a we, dispensary and pick it up. We agree. So we agree on that. Yeah. I do think though. I don't like a bud tender deciding what dose yeah, you get. Yeah, I get that. Like that's. Does not, that make sense? That I hope I've explained that medicine, correctly. Right. Because most people with the substance use disorder, they're self-medicating. And I don't listen. No question. John and Jane come in and sit down. And I say, hey, why, why do you use substances? And they say, I just like getting high. Yeah. Well, fast forward a couple months and guess what? They're talking about the trauma. They're mm -hmm. talking about the depression. They're talking about the racing thoughts that they can't, they don't know how to slow down. Yeah. Right. Well, I think you may, you started to make it, you made a point, a decent point before we, before we, um, before we kind of got off on a little bit of a side tangent, but you made a decent point. And then what that decent point I think you made is we don't have traditional Western medicine doesn't have much for PTSD. We have years of therapy well, that's great, and I think it's helpful, but we're not talking about weeks of therapy for right. PTSD. We're talking about a very long process of therapy that can help PTSD. And that's something we should never ignore, but it's hard to get people enrolled in years of therapy. That's very difficult. Sure, right? because in today's world, we all just, and you, well, you spoke to we this go, in your right? article, we all just want to build and make it better. And this is what med Western medicine has devolved into. We are not great at treating the entire human we're better at uh somebody comes in oh you got a problem here's a prescription get out my get out of my door that's 100 bucks right that's a criticism a legitimate criticism of modern western medicine for sure 
And even I'm guilty of that sometimes. I'm not always guilty of that, but I definitely am guilty of that sometimes. Like we want to focus on the problem and we want a quick solution. And honestly, the quicker we find the solution, the more money I make per hour, right? Sure. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you I don't like making money. I do, Yeah. as does everyone. That's a criticism I get occasionally in the... Like the comments on the article, people were saying, oh, it sounds like he's being paid by Big Pharma. Well, no, I'm not. I've never received a penny from Big Pharma. That's completely illegal. There's nobody behind this. Who wrote that? Listen, somebody's got to pay for these dinners. Right. Except, God, man, how inconsiderate. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Listen, it's almost illegal for joking. Big Pharma. Big Pharma used to take us out to fancy dinners. Right. That's almost illegal anymore. They used to take people to Hawaii on trips. That's so illegal, it's unbelievable. You saw that in, in Dope Sick when they were pushing in the episode on Hulu yeah. of Dope Sick, yeah. Yep, pushing the pushing the opiates. Mm-hmm. Like, that the, that stuff has it's happened in the past, but it's not legal anymore. Right. They used to bring me, it was illegal from the day I got into medicine. The best they could do is I got a textbook from a drug company once. Sweet. I bet you're stoked on that. It was a big that. textbook. It was 180 bucks or something. So the point is, that, is your but, opinion isn't being skewed by a financial investment. I don't have any, I don't have, I'm not getting any money out of right. this. I'm not, there's nothing in this for me. My criticism, and again, my criticism isn't against psilocybin. My criticism is we're jumping ahead of the FDA who has put this on fast track. It's currently on fast track with the FDA. They're going as fast as they can to try to get this, to look at this and see if it's effective and safe. So they're motivated. Now, we're they're pretty just... sure it's effective. We're pretty sure it's safe. But the other thing that I learned out of my process of going up to the Capitol the other day and talking to these senators as they came out of session is the people pushing the bill are basically saying this is going to cure, and they use the yeah. word cure, depression. Okay, I doubt it. Right. A, it might help mitigate the symptoms, not likely to cure it, but whatever. But they're also promising it cures 59 other things. Like it's, it's, it's going to cure everything, thing, right? It's not a single oil. problem with this, with the stuff itself. Right. Yeah. Zero side effects and it's right. going to cure everything on everything. the planet. That's the old snake oil approach back right. in the day. And that's, listen, the organization, and okay, I will mention them, but because it's public knowledge, Libertas, or Libertas, some people call them. I don't know how to pronounce it. Okay. I'm sure it's a uh, Hispanic word, but I'm not sure how to pronounce it. But Libertas or Libertas is, are the people behind this. And I talked to some senators who had talked to Libertas people who said it was a panacea. Definition of panacea basically is it cures everything. Mm. And it has absolutely no problems. Neither of those things are true. Those things are bold-faced lies. It does not cure everything, and it does have some problems. Yeah, that's and that's fair. Like that, that there's never going to be something, right? That's just completely cures everything. Right. And when has you hear that from anybody about anything, yeah, it's, that's an automatic dismissal for yeah. sure. Does it make you curious though? Because I think here's the other context that I I really don't like is the whole magic mushroom thing. Back to the whole hippy dippy, right? Like a lot of people, I think, automatically dismiss this right off the bat. Because they think of the recreational people out of their minds, people. And I guess my thing is, is are you curious at all as to if it would genuinely help like some people if done in an appropriate way? In other words, I hate when we put labels on things and we just kind of dismiss them and kick them to the side without actually giving them a chance. Because here's one of the toughest things I've learned, Doc. I work as a counselor. I've had a rough week and I can't get into all the, the things that have happened this week, but I, I mean, I've had a rough week, right? Working with some individuals piggybacked by the rough news that me and my wife got that we had an abortion. I'll be the first a, uh, miscarriage. Yes. Some, sorry. People, some wow. people will hear the word. It, no, it's, it was a miscarriage. It's actually called in medical terms. It's an abortion. It's a, well, but, she had a DNC and that's right. basically where they have to go in and take it out. And so I yeah. get him, but anyways. she didn't have an abortion. Right. She, she had, had a miscarriage. miscarriage. Right. One of the toughest things for me as a man, as a human being is to watch another person suffering. Mm-hmm. And when it's your wife, it's really tough and not being able to do anything. Mm-hmm. And now listen, I'll, I'll admit it. A lot of the stuff that I learned for this episode, I watched off of a Netflix called, um, how you can change your mind. Yep. Sure. By Michael, very, very popular Paul. right now. That yeah. Netflix thing is really popular right now. And some of some of the testimonies that I heard on there really made me like 
you know, a lady's dying from cancer and she has, she, and she does this psilocybin one time and it takes away her fear of death mm. and it takes away like her depression. Mm-hmm. And so I guess for me is, I don't know. I'll admit, like, I don't know. Here's what I do know. It's really tough when we don't have very good treatment options for the mind. And we, we have these, that some people call them hippy dippy, call them whatever, right? Underground people, whatever, uh, shamans, whatever you want to call it that are saying, right. look, we've seen it help people. Sure. Why wouldn't we take that approach? And I think sometimes this is me maybe being pessimistic. We got, we get caught up too much on the, a pharmaceutical company can't take it, patent it and use it right. to make billions of dollars right. because it grows in the wild. Right. And so, I don't know, maybe I'm a little bit right there right now. Does that make sense? Sure. But I'm curious. But we do have a process. The FDA is looking at it currently, That's despite fair. the fact that there's not a big pharma company behind it pushing it. The FDA is looking at it. Why, as a state, do we need to jump past the FDA and think that we are more expert at deciding what a medicine is than the FDA? We are not. Yeah. The people that are going to vote on this bill know way less about medications than the FDA does. I guarantee it. But you know there's going to be some conspiracy theorists out there that are going to jump to... The FDA's... It's a money-making scheme. They right. just want to control the 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 almighty dollar, right? Because that's the stuff that a lot of people are saying, like online is. Well, why that this? Listen, if you want to go that route, that's great. But what are we going to do with psilocybin? Because right now, the only reason cannabis is a medicine is because states have voted on it, and the states are making the almighty dollar. How is that better than the feds making the almighty dollar? I, get I mean, that. the states making. They, they, they legalized it and called it medicinal marijuana so they could tax it. Mm-hmm. And, the, and in some states, even recreational marijuana use, so they can tax it and the states can make money off of it. Well, that's a really poor motivator to make something a medicine. Right. I get that. So, and it's kind of the same corrupt that the, you know, yeah, it's just conspiracy on a different theorists level. would say, for sure. Yeah. It's just a different avenue. Do you think it would have, do you, I mean... You said that you practice ketamine, right? For yeah. for the right, not personally. I use it in my practice with right, patients. Right, exactly. Right. Um, I mean, I'll come out there and say I I I've used. Listen, I was clean off all substances for eight years. I still struggled with some depression. I still struggled with some suicidal ideation, and I turned to ketamine. My therapist actually recommended it, and I'm not too proud. Like I I freely talk about it because I still believe I'm in recovery. I don't control the dose. I go t- to a place to get it right. Like I see a therapist. It's for me, it's a form of mat. I don't take any home. Right. Like, so I guess what I'm saying, we is, have the same views on recovery, right? Like anyone out there who is taking a medication prescribed by a doctor in the doses, the doctor prescribed. And for a reason, the doctor prescribed is clean and sober, regardless of what the medication is, unless you have, uh, deceived the doctor to get the medication. Now, if you have a back surgery and you take opiates, are you clean and sober? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If you complain of fake back pain and take opiates to get to to relieve your fake back pain, you're not clean and sober. So, which brings me to my my question. I know we only got three minutes left, but yeah. do you think that there is a benefit? Like, do you believe that maybe this could help some people with some PTSD and some major depressive disorder? Almost, almost certainly. Not certain, because the literature is not complete yet. Right. It's pretty early in the process. There is literature out there. I'm not saying there's nothing. There's for sure not enough to conclusively say. And and again, Libertas has said there's never been a death. That's not true. There's Mm -hmm. been reported deaths. And I can tell you a personal story. I had a patient in the last four months on mushrooms who jumped out of a second-story window and I hope I'm not doing any hip. I'm not because nobody knows you who the know patient is. Right. Yeah. But jumped out of a second story window while talking to a therapist because he thought the therapist was evil. Hmm. And his only substance he, he was on at the time was magic mushroom. So he was screened for all those substances. It wasn't the cocaine. It wasn't the we fentanyl. It wasn't he was the in, he was alcohol. In, he was in treatment. That patient is now See, I disagree with that, though. Okay, I, I disagree with you. Should, I don't think that ketamine or psilocybin should be given to patients while they're in treatment. Again, there has to be a, a certain amount of time well, that's we dis- gone by. Well, we disagree with that. Do we? Yeah. Okay. Because I, I use ketamine in treatment a lot. Because one of the, and I, I, I've said this on this podcast, and I'll say it multiple times. I gave up a long time ago thinking we're treating addiction. We're treating right, trauma. trauma. 
And if ketamine is a is a legitimate medication to use for trauma, then why would if we're trying to treat trauma, why would we wait until they're done with the treatment before we started the ketamine? Well, it's so psilocybin DR fall it, under that well, hold same on, though, category. It's, it's the same thing with EMDR. If you do EMDR on a client that's that's not that doesn't have like enough cognitive functioning going on, it can be more harmful than it can be beneficial, right? So like. I get that. I also think that there has to be a period of abstinence where the brain starts, those neural pathways are recouping and reworking properly before we introduce a different mind-altering substance to help something else. That's my opinion. Okay, but the thought on this is it helps the brain rewire and recoup those processes. Okay, that's, that's fair. That's the thought of how it works, right? So it's a legitimate it's a legitimate thought, but it's uh, but it's also a legitimate use, I think, in treatment sometimes. So do I think psilocybin has legitimate uses? I think it will. Do I think we're there yet? I don't. Uh, does it have, does it cure everything? Absolutely not. Does it have side effects? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I have several other uh, stories that I could give you. We don't have time, but we're, we're about out of time. But it absolutely has side effects. And so don't believe the people that say it cures everything and it has no problems. What do you got, Sean? 30 seconds. Deaths. Cocaine Bear was the funniest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> you guys need to go see that. Oh, man. Again, on that note. <laughs> on that note. We got 20 seconds left. I got a little thing on my uh, phone for Cocaine Bear. A little, oh, good, a little good. review oh, came man. up during this podcast. Totally. Yeah, it's total bear. B movie. Totally, it's worth. It's you expect what you get. Right. I love this. I love this we're, podcast because we're inappropriate. <laughs> we're educational. We're inspirational. We try to, to do all things. Please and share we're this out, out of time. Please share this out on your social medias. Help us spread our message. This was fun. Thanks, Doc. Yeah, we'll see you next week. See you next week. Watch for the bear. Thank you for joining us today on We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Help us spread our message of hope. Like, comment, and share. If you have any topics or ideas for future shows, please share that on our Facebook page. That Facebook page is We Do Recover with Jared Miller. If you or a loved one needs help, please reach out to us. Again, thank you for listening. Brought to you by High Desert Counseling, Rise Up Supplements, and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of its sponsors. This has been a production from a podcast studio.